Hello everybody, Caroline Ferguson, owner and founder of Grateful Inc. Company. Want to start a new series with you guys. We can call them gratitude chats. Um, I just want to, basically I've got a lot of information about mental health and gratitude and I've got just a bunch of different topics I want to go over and I figured this was the easiest way to do it. Let's just have a conversation. Plug me in on your car on your way to work subscribe to our podcast. Um, you can listen to an audio version of this if you prefer to read it. I'm going to transcribe all of this audio into blogs. So you will have lots of different digital formats of viewing and engaging with this content. But for the sake of where you are currently, if you're watching me, welcome to Chats with Caroline about all things mental health and gratitude. So to kick things off today, I want to talk about depression and college students. So there was actually a survey done in 2009, and I will tell you what the name of that survey was. So that survey was called, so it was a survey hosted by the American College Health Association National College Assessment, the ACHA-NCHA. Basically, that's a nationwide survey of college students in two or four year institutions. They do a survey of a whole bunch of college students and um, kind of gauge what the state of mental health is for those students. And what they found was that um, nearly 30% of the college students surveyed reported feeling so depressed that it was difficult for them to function. Okay, first of all, that is wildly unacceptable. Second of all, um, the suicide statistics that follow suit are just as dramatic and traumatic, honestly. One in 12 college students actually have a suicide plan in place. So for some perspective at the University of Houston, that's over 3,500 students who have a plan to commit suicide um, kind of laid out, which is nuts. Um, like... If that doesn't give you pause, then, I mean, I honestly don't know what will. So 1 in 12 college students have a suicide plan in place. Suicide is actually the second highest cause of death amongst college students. It, it, so those are the facts. And the point is here that the far majority of college students are dramatically affected by um, mental health challenges and and coping with this new environment that they have set foot on it's daunting it's really scary um, and I want to talk about now that we know kind of the state of mental health in college students why is it happening and what do we do about it so we're talking about the season of college in general it's really this newfound season of independence for um, the majority of students that are embarking on that new journey. It's it's new, right? You're going from a very, you know, potentially dependent lifestyle, living at home with family being cared for, to transitioning to this, you know, I'm 100% accountable for all of my actions. Now, I realize that's not the case for everybody, for but for the better majority of students, that is the case. Um, you go from dependency to complete and total independence. That shell shock is intense for a lot of a lot of students, um, and pile that on with this new found measure of accountability. Not only living personally, like I'm responsible for feeding myself, nobody is cooking me dinner anymore, but also, you know, the the stress that comes with exams and midterms and choosing classes and making sure that I'm getting into the right classes and making sure that um, 
I am lining myself up for success as a young adult, right? And it gets even more intense as we finish college because now the expectation is, well, now it's time to get into a good job. Now it's time to land my career and blah, blah, blah. It's an incredibly stressful and daunting season of life. That transition is hard. So what? Let's go there now. So what do we do about knowing that this is an incredibly stressful season, one that causes anxiety, one that causes and leads to uh, mental health challenges and students dealing with depression and a newfound level of stress? So what? What do we do about it? Well, there are, let's talk about two really huge things that we can do um, as peers of college students or as, you know, maybe who has a college student in their life as a loved one or, um, you know, is a college student who has friends that are college students. Thing number one that we can do is listen. We, so that goes back to normalizing conversations around mental health, but also being acutely aware to listening for signs that maybe somebody needs like legit help. Um, there are things that you should tune your ear in for, um, to identify whether or not maybe somebody you love is suicidal. Maybe somebody you love is, is actually crying out for help and doesn't know how to articulate it correctly. There are things that you should um, really be listening in for. So number one is we can listen. Number two is we can normalize, like I said, kind of goes to number one, but really normalize conversations around mental health asking bold and intentional questions to those uh, within our group of, you know, peers, our little community of people who maybe aren't okay. Like, are you having suicidal thoughts? Are you really struggling with stress right now? What can I do to help? How can I help you help yourself? Um, normalizing those conversations because what I've learned and what I've discovered through this Grateful and Company journey is Sometimes the stigma isn't identifying that we have a problem, like a mental health challenge that we're dealing with, um, but more so the stigma is attached to, okay, now what? Like, is it okay to talk about it? Is it okay to admit that I need help? And when I admit to needing help, how is that perceived within the community that I'm sharing it with? So there's a lots of different facets that that stigma is attached to, but being bold and courageous when asking questions is one way that we can, you know, close that gap between identifying that somebody we love needs help and helping them help themselves get help, <laughs> if that made any sense at all. And also on college campuses, making mental health resources more accessible and available. In another episode of this chat environment, if you will, I'm going to break down the current state of availability of mental health resources for the college student community. It's very upsetting. And one of the ways that we can help our college student population overcome these new mental health feats that they're dealing with as they enter this new season of life is making sure that every resource is available at all times. And if it's not available because of lack of funding, lack of staffing, whatever, lack of resources on campus, making sure that just because one environment can't provide that another is willing and available to do so. 
the bar shouldn't stop on campus. If the campus isn't able to provide, another entity should be recommended for students to be able to provide an outlet for getting help. Not having help available is not acceptable. So that was our first episode of this. I thought it, I, I hope it brought you value. I think it's pretty cool. I like this format. It feels very informal. It feels very real. Let me know what you think. Um, feedback is always appreciated. If you're listening via podcast, please leave me an honest review. If you're watching on Facebook or any other um, video platform on YouTube, please leave me a comment below. I'd love to hear your feedback on the information that I've talked about, as well as just feedback on this format in general. And if you're reading reading this on our website within our blog, um, please leave a comment below. Let me know, um, was this insightful? Did you learn something new? And did it bring you value? Thank you guys for being a part of this community and stay tuned.